welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Mitch Wilson on the ones and twos. Oh, and do I got a good show for you. Recap of championship weekend in the NFL. We had the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. We had the Detroit Lions versus the San Francisco 49ers. The AFC and the NFC Championship game. We about to get into it. We're going to start with the 49ers and the Lions game. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. If you are a Lions fan, you are absolutely sick to your stomach. Because your team came out so hot in the first half. Right off the bat, three plays, touchdown to Jameson Williams on the end around. Then you go back and score another touchdown in the first quarter. I mean, you came out throwing haymakers. Landed two of them, right? After the first quarter, it's 14 nothing. Then the second quarter, you score another touchdown and you get a field goal. And San Francisco gets a touchdown. And they look like they had completely been knocked down and did not know what to do. But great teams make halftime adjustments. Oh, and not only do the San Francisco 49ers make great halftime adjustments, but they should be thanking Dan Campbell because if he takes the points in this game, the Lions win this game. He passed up on field goals. He should have kicked the dang ball. And it cost his team. And I know that you have been the most aggressive team this whole season and in the regular season. But guess what? This is not the regular season. This is not the regular season, Dan Campbell. This is, is if you lose, you go home. So in those situations, I get being aggressive. But you got to take points. Especially when the defense was playing how they were in the first half of this game. The Lions played about as good as they could possibly play, and coaching was the thing that held them back in this game. Now, in the second half of this game, hold on. Before we get into the second half of this game, let's look at some numbers. Jared Goff, 25 for 41, 273 yards and a touch. David Montgomery had a, had a good game, 15 carries, 93 yards and a touch. Sam Laporta was balling out. Nine catches, 97 yards. Now I'll go to the San Francisco side of it. Brock Purdy, 267 TD, 1 INT. Wasn't great at all, but was great when he needed to be great. Christian McCaffrey, who in my opinion is the MVP this year, not Lamar, but we'll get into that later. Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. Debo Samuel, eight catches, 89 yards. Debo was balling out as well. Now, getting into the second half of this game, I don't know what halftime adjustments the 49ers made, but they came out absolute blistering, landing haymaker after haymaker, and it was like the roles were reversed. So Detroit came out and threw haymakers at the San Francisco 49ers, and when I say haymakers, I mean just powerful punches to the face, if you're not familiar with what a haymaker is. Powerful punches that land in the face. It's called a haymaker. Detroit comes out throwing haymakers in the game, and the San Francisco 49ers are, are dazed, but they recoup. The San Francisco 49ers come out in the, after halftime in the third quarter, start throwing haymakers, and the Detroit Lions never recovered. 
Brock Purdy was not that great in this game until the second half. And when he needed to have a throw, when he needed to make a play, he made a play. In my opinion, Dan Campbell cost his team this game with not taking points. And I I know, you know, you've been that way the whole season, but when the offense was as explosive as they were and you knew that you could continue to score, you just got to take points. They did it against Green Bay. They did it against Detroit. It's like, why are the San Francisco 49ers waiting to have to, like, wake up and then start playing? But that's what they've done, and they've been able to get away with it so far in, in this postseason. Breaking down the team stats. Like, this game, if you look at the team stats, like, if you look at it, you would think that this game could go either way. Both offenses have over 400 yards. Passing yards, pretty much deadlock at 260. Rushing yards, 182 for the Lions, 155 for the 49ers. Yards per play, dang near identical. 6.1 for the Detroit Lions, 6.340 49ers. Time of possession, 27 minutes for the Lions, 32 minutes for the 49ers. So this game was numbers-wise very close. However, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations. And the Detroit Lions did that in the first half. However, they could not do it in the second half because they did not score any points in the third quarter and only scored seven points in the fourth quarter. In the postseason, if you only score seven points after halftime, for the most part, that's not going to get it done unless you have an elite-level defense. And, man, this was just so sad because the Detroit Lions played such a good game. And for them to be in the playoffs, for the first, you know, back in the playoffs, hosting their first home playoff game in 30 years, I really thought this was a team with destiny. I did pick the Detroit Lions in this game. It started out really well. I thought I was going to be right. And then all of a sudden, the San Francisco 49ers just absolutely came back, roaring back in the second half of this game. The Lions are still going to be good next year. They have Jared Goff. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have Jameson Williams. Uh, they have Gibbs, the rookie running back out of Alabama. I'm not for sure if David Montgomery signed a multi-year deal, if it was just a one-year deal. So Brock Purdy has received a lot of criticism in this, in this playoff postseason. But I tell you what, when he needs to be on the money, he has been on the money. In the second half, that's exactly what Brock Purdy does. He came through clutch in the crunch time. However, I mean, he did throw a pick. He did give the ball away once. But that still did not matter because the San Francisco 49ers made an adjustment in the second half and shut the Lions down. I believe the 49er defense is third in points per game, right behind the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. Man, I tell you what, this was. In my opinion, this was kind of a yeah, man. It's so frustrating because, like, if you're the Detroit Lions, you had the Niners exactly where you wanted them, and you let them get away. You couldn't finish the game. But again, they have a lot to look forward to with with Jared Goff and and those guys I mentioned to you before. You know, Brian Branch on defense. They have a good team. I just I I don't know how many free agents they'll have pending this year. So hopefully they can 
keep that as much of that squad together. I will say the big news that just came out within the last few days is that their offensive coordinator decided to turn down the opportunity to become a head coach, and he's coming back next year for the Lions. That's huge. So you're keeping your head coach, you're keeping your offensive coordinator, you're keeping those key guys that need to stay there to have success again. So I think that the Detroit Lions are going to be a top team in, in the NFC next year. San Francisco 49ers advance to Super Bowl 58 with a really good defense, an offense that has weapons. The only question is, can the quarterback get it to the weapon so they can do work? Because, I mean, Brock Purdy, you've got the best running back in football. You have Debo Samuel, who is a really good receiver. You also have Brandon Brandon Ayuk, who's also a really good receiver. That's probably one of the top tandems in the league, I would say. And then you have the second best tight end in the league, arguably, and Mr. George Kittle, which I will say one thing I have noticed with Purdy at the helm, I definitely think that George gets more targets. I mean, he didn't really in this game, but his numbers were definitely better once uh, Brock Purdy got there because, you know, a good tight end can be a quarterback's best friend. And then, obviously, their defense, they, they have elite guys at every single level. Fred Warner, all pro in the middle. You got Hargrave, stud linebacker. You have Nick Bosa, those guys, Greenlaw, another stud. These guys are absolutely stacked on defense. They advanced to the Super Bowl by beating the the San Francisco 49ers advanced to the Super Bowl by beating the Detroit Lions 34 to 31. Moving on to the next game. <laughs> Let's go. I picked the Chiefs in this game. And what did I try to tell y'all? I tried to tell y'all, never doubt the heart of a champion. And also one thing I want to talk about before I get to the numbers and everything. I completely understand that Baltimore had consistently been arguably the best team all year. Elite level defense, good rushing game. You have the MVP of the league in Lamar Jackson this year. Pretty much almost everybody picked the Baltimore Ravens, except for my boy Nick Wright, who's a diehard Chiefs fan. Shout out to Nick Wright on FS1. He obviously rolled with the Chiefs. I rolled with the Chiefs. But when going to picking this game, why did everyone just, in the words of Nick Wright, think that football had not been put in, in, in its existence since September of, of 2023? Why did we disregard that Patrick Mahomes is a multiple MVP winner? That Patrick Mahomes has won two Super Bowls? That Travis Kelsey is arguably the GOAT at the tight end position? The biggest thing that I thought was a slap in the Chiefs' face is everyone was absolutely raving about the Ravens' defense, which they should because they're number one, which respect to that. But the Chiefs' defense was number two. And nobody. What's talking about that? I mean, I think probably some of the most disrespectful things I saw was you had analysts across the country had Baltimore scoring close to 30 and over 30 points. The most points the Chiefs have given up all year, I think, was like 24. They average only giving up 16 points a game. 
So why would they give up double the amount of that? I get it. They have Lamar. But let me tell you, and I'm going to get into this here in a minute once I, we get through this number. So let's look at the number, shall we? Here we go. Patrick Mahomes again. Super efficient. 30 for 39, 241, one touchdown, no picks. Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, 11 catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Everybody I was talking about, Travis, getting old and all that type of stuff, boy, he done showed up in the postseason, hasn't he? Because that's what champions do. They show up when it's, the lights are the brightest. To start this game, Baltimore wins a toss. They kick off. The Kansas City goes right down, goes right down the field, and Patrick Mahomes throws the most beautiful back shoulder fade, or I should say, should say back hip fade to Travis Kelsey with Kyle Hamilton all over him, who's a first team All Pro who had not let a tight end score on him all year. Boom! Chiefs go up seven nothing. Baltimore then goes down the field. Let's just be honest. The play that they score on, if Leo Chanel wraps him up and doesn't get flung off, they they might not even score. But however, Lamar makes a very Lamar-like play, gets gets out of harm's way, and throws an absolute like 40, 40 yard dot to Zay Flowers for a touchdown. The game's tied seven seven. The Chiefs get the ball back and go down and score with Isaiah Pacheco. Now at this point. The Chiefs, have, the Chiefs have had the ball two times with two touchdowns. And then the Chiefs get a field goal in the second quarter. So halftime, the score is 17-7. And I think that the mystique of the Chiefs and the mystique of Patrick Mahomes got to the Baltimore Ravens. Because once the Chiefs scored on back-to-back drives, on their first two drives, it was almost like, for whatever reason, the Baltimore Ravens almost completely abandoned the run game. When they're the number one rushing team in the league, I don't understand that. Don't get it at all. You're the number one rushing team in the league, and you completely abandon what you're best at. Because let's just be real honest. When Lamar's down, he's not going to beat you from the pocket. He can beat you with the combination from, from the pocket using his legs, but it was almost like Lamar was trying to prove that he could beat the Chiefs in the pocket, which I don't understand that because he's elite at what he does when he runs the ball. I mean, there was I remember like a third and one that he's sitting back in the pocket, three seconds, four seconds, and patting the ball, like waiting for someone to get open. I'm just like, dude, you're one of the best athletes on the field. Why are you not taking off? And, and I'm even a Chiefs fan. Like, what's this dude doing? Ends up taking a sack to bring up a fourth and two. But the mystique of the Kansas City Chiefs got them in the mode like, oh, crap, here comes the Chiefs. We can't run the ball. We're going to have to throw it all over the yard, which that is not Lamar's strength, but whatever. So second half comes. The Baltimore Ravens only score a field goal in the second half. The Chiefs end up winning 17-10. to Now let's get into the numbers for Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, 272 yards, one touchdown. He did throw a pick, and he did have a, a lost fumble. Lamar Jackson was also their leading rusher with eight carries and 54 yards. Zay Flowers is an absolute stud, and I think is going to be special in this league. He has five catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. Zay Flowers also had a lost fumble. So let's get into the, the biggest difference in this game. In my opinion, the biggest difference in this game 
was there was one team that was ready for the moment, and there was one team that wasn't. Baltimore was not ready for the lights. Let's get into penalties. So the Chiefs had three penalties, and the Ravens had eight. Well, five of the eight were personal foul penalties that could have been avoided, but because they were they were not ready for the moment, and once they realized that they that they weren't just gonna bully the Chiefs around, they felt like they had to do so in, in a different type of way. And I'm sorry, Kyle Van Noy. Anytime you headbutt the opposite player in the head in his helmet in front of the referee, that's gonna be a flag. Jadavian Clowney. When you lower the crown of your helmet and you hit Patrick Mahomes in the helmet after he releases the ball, I'm sorry, that is a personal foul. It wasn't Patrick. Roquan Smith, When even though I know you were doing it on purpose to jump off sides, well, jump off sides, don't blow up the guard and hit him five feet back. That's ignorance. That's a 15-yard penalty. One of the defensive linemen, can't remember his name, literally looks like Danger uppercuts Patrick Mahomes in his face, in his helmet. That's a personal foul penalty. So if you, if you take out the personal foul penalties, the the flags are 3-3. Three to three. So if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan, you're probably complaining about the, the holding slash passing interference on Isaiah Likely on the last drive. Yes, that was a missed call. And also I think... I th- I feel like the OBJ one with with Joshua Williams on the sideline that was very ticky tacky. But however, if you want to complain about this, let's also talk about before that when that when that drive started when you guys were at the one yard line that Gus Edwards or whoever the running back was at the time on the second snap of that drive when Lamar sitting in the, in the end zone and Chris Jones come through is starting to come through for a sack. The running back leg whips Chris Jones. That should have been a safety. That wasn't called. If that was called at that time before that drive, it's a safety. The Chiefs get two points and the Chiefs get the ball. Let's also not forget the holding call that there was called on the Chiefs right before halftime that took a touchdown off the board. That was a phantom holding call. Please tell me where the call was. They called on Trace, but then there was an absolute garbage call. So if you want to talk about penalties, we can talk about penalties because there were there was miss on both sides. So if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan and you're complaining about penalties, then that's pretty ticky tacky. Let's talk about how your offense only scored ten points. How the MVP of the league, for whatever reason, didn't have his best game. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson throwing into triple coverage. First of all, Isaiah Likely, why are you putting your hand up when you're bracketed? You have a guy underneath and the safety over top, and then you have the safety on the opposite side of the field that comes over and undercuts the route and picks the ball off. My goodness. And Zay Flowers. I feel for that kid a little bit. But the reason why I say Baltimore Ravens weren't ready for the lights because the personal foul penalties and the and I know Zay Flowers is a rookie, but he's got to understand the situation. Bro, you've been down all game. You've never had a lead, and you make a big play. You cannot push LeJay down, spin the ball by his face, and stand over him. That is the definition of taunting, whether you like it or not. What you should have did is you should have got up, gave the ball back to the ref, on to the next play. Act like you've been there before, even though I know you haven't. But you need to act like you've been there, be, there before because that costs your team. And then not even five minutes later... 
and this just happened last week in the Chiefs and Bills. When are guys going to learn not to stretch out the ball near the goal line? Zay Flowers makes a great catch, running towards the end zone, starts to dive, reaches the ball out. What happens? LeJerry Sneed makes a play of the game, punches the ball out. The Chiefs get it in the end zone for a touchback. So in the course of five game minutes, maybe, Zay Flowers has affected the game in a monstrous way. And yes, he's a rookie, and he'll learn from his mistakes, but those were costly mistakes. Because normally when you do that, you don't win. If you stick the ball on the goal line, and you turn the ball over like that, I mean, that's literally at least a 7-10 to 10 point swing, possibly even 14, right? Oh, unless you're the Chiefs, because the Chiefs do that, and somehow, because they have the best player in the world, they, they, they figure out a way to win. But besides that, Baltimore, who realized they couldn't bully the Chiefs, and probably started in pregame when Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey moved Justin Tucker's stuff out of the way. Like, seriously, Justin Tucker, I know you're the greatest kicker of all time, but why are you being petty? Like, why, like, why, why are you being like that, bro? Like, what are you doing? That's dumb. Big shout-out to Spags in this defense. Over the last eight games, the Chiefs' defense is averaging giving up four points in the second half. That is absolutely insane. Big shout-out to Spags and the defense. I'll be completely honest. The defense is the reason why we're going to the Super Bowl. Not just because of this game, but how they played the whole season. They have been absolutely spectacular. I think LeJerry Sneed and Trent McDuffie are the best one-two combination corners in the league. I think we have a elite-level defensive lineman in Chris Jones, and George Koloftis in year two is looking absolutely fantastic. However, I will say... We did suffer a blow. Charles Aminihu tore his ACL and is not going to be able to play. That is, I feel so sorry for that guy because the reason why he came here because he wanted to play in the Super Bowl and he came from San Francisco. So you know he would have been absolutely jacked to play in the Super Bowl. Not only is it the Super Bowl, but you're playing your old team. What an anomaly. This is so crazy because I was literally talking to guys at my work and I said, you want to know what? This was, this was before the Bills game. I said, wouldn't it be crazy? If MVS, with everything he's been through this year, ends up making a play that sends us to the AFC Championship and or the Super Bowl, and, and in the Bills game, he came up with two huge huge catches for over six yards. Both catches were, were 30 yards apiece, and in with two minutes and 19 seconds left, and the Chiefs needing to convert for a first down to ice the game on third and nine. Patrick Mahomes drops back. She's the one-on-one coverage and trust his guy to go make a play. He delivers the ball. MVS makes an absolutely spectacular catch to ice the game. Talk about having trust in your teammates. You know, all year they, the receiver room has been criticized for dropping balls and not playing up to the level that they, that they need to play at for the offense to be successful. So you want to know what? We were on top of them earlier, but we also need to give them their flowers because ever since the playoffs, they have played really good, especially MVS. And I'm so happy for that guy because you know the monkey was on his back. And for him to make that play in that situation, like that was spectacular. And, and give credit to Patrick because the fact that he had enough trust to throw that ball up to MVS to go make a play, that speaks volumes to how the amount of work that they put in, how much they trust each other. So I will say this, that now Patrick Mahomes 
has been to the AFC Championship game every year since he's been a starter. He's been to four of the last six Super Bowls, beat Tua in the first round, he beat Josh Allen in the second round, and he beat Lamar Jackson, the MVP, in the AFC Championship game. There is no one on Patrick Mahomes' level. Not even Joe Burrow. Okay? Like, I don't know why we try to keep trying to put guys on the same level as Patrick. They're not on that same level. Patrick is chasing Montana and Brady. And everyone else is chasing Patrick. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Especially if the Chiefs go out and take care of business against San Francisco. And he gets a third Super Bowl. There's no one within seeing distance of Patrick Mahomes. Because he'll have a third Super Bowl. And most likely a third Super Bowl MVP. And the Chiefs will be officially a dynasty. I think that they're a dynasty now, but a lot of people believe that that you have to get the 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 third Super Bowl and within like a five or six year span. Like the fact that they've been in the AFC championship the AFC championship game six straight years is absolutely insane. But again, the Chiefs get the dub over the Baltimore Ravens. 17 to 10. I'm so glad that Patrick Mahomes is on my team. And I've said I said it in an earlier podcast, but I want to shout out New England Patriots and the New New England Patriots fans. I owe you an apology because I remember when you guys were in your dynasty, I hated the Patriots. I hated Patriots fans, but I still respected you. But I hated you. And I shouldn't have done that. And I apologize because now I completely know how you feel. Because now it is happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. Everyone in the world will be rooting for the San Francisco 49ers, except for Chiefs fans. Because the Chiefs have won so much recently in the last six years, people are just sick of them. Hey, it's okay. When you have the greatest quarterback in the world, that's, that's just what happens. Ooh, Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. The, the Super Bowl matchup is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers. It already came out. The Chiefs will be in, in in the red unis, the tops. San Francisco will be in the white. And I absolutely cannot wait for the Super Bowl. I'll end the podcast like this today with the words of Mitch Holtis. You can dislike the Chiefs. You can disrespect the Chiefs. But you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs being the AFC champions and also going back to another Super Bowl. So let's go. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I truly do appreciate it. Again, please follow on social media at That One Sports Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And guys, please remember, be kind, because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you know absolutely no idea about. Until next time, fam. Peace.